Ring-a-ling-a-ding-dong. <laughs> oh my god, my phone is ringing. <laughs> Hello? Hi. Oh my god, is this Maddie? This is Maddie. Is this Annie? This is Annie and Miranda. <gasps> Hello, everyone. Woo! Yay, big applause, big applause. I'm super, super excited for our guest de nuit tonight. That means guest of the night. Can you and not isolate people this early on? Some of us don't speak French. Well, some of us thought that was a more practical use of the language classes through the Branson curriculum. They <laughs> sensed phased out French class. Um, oh, really? Oh. Yeah, let's not talk about it. It's a sad day. It's probably all those drum circles I started in French class. Um, we are here with my very, very good friend who... In addition to being one of my favorite and most thoughtful and caring friends in my life, is um, super wise, a very outspoken activist who has a lot of, um, you know, reads the literature, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and um, I worked with them for a brief period of time, and I have all the respect in the world for them. Um, what else can I say? I feel like it's important for people to know that Miranda, when I was in the dumps, they texted me every day at 10 o'clock in the morning to check in, make sure that I was loved, um, since my friend Maddie doesn't get up until 8 on the West Coast. Um, <laughs> just kidding. I'm not trying to pit you two against each other so early. We'll vie for, for my affection later. Um, no, but we, we tag team it. I got to make <laughs> yeah. sure in your waking hours or someone. I would say that, yeah, I definitely scheduled time to be like, okay, Miranda's going to check in right now, but then I'm, I'm going to have to have a call with Maddie later, and then maybe Miranda take two. Um, I got so a that... Miranda check-in when I got dumped, which was one of the best moments of my month. Oh, yeah, you did. <laughs> That's true. Oh, my gosh, that was so wonderful. <laughs> I forgot that the morning it became the Annie and Maddie edition for a uh-huh. little bit. Wonderful. Yes. Um, okay, so without further ado, my friend Miranda. Whoa. Hello. What an introduction. Yeah. How do I live up to that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but I think that if you're comfortable, it would be great if you wanted to give us your pronouns and any other anything about your identity that feels important that you want to share, just because I know that you have a very specific experience in the world. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Hi, wonderful fans of Annie and Maddie. Um, my name's Miranda. My pronouns are they, them. And I identify as a queer, non-binary, trans person. Great. Um, now, we have a lot of queer listeners, but I feel like some people we may do? not understand. Yeah, Maddie. <laughs> <laughs> but some people may not understand what that means. Would you be comfortable telling us what that means? I would be so thrilled to tell you what that means. Well, so um, I identify as, let's start with non-binary. So okay. lots of people... Um, know that there are two genders, men and women, but there are also a whole bunch more than that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there are a lot of people in the world who identify outside of being a man or outside of being a woman um, or identify with neither of those terms or identify with both of those terms or identify with both of those terms and some other terms. Um, And so there's a lot of different ways to experience gender. Um, And my experience of gender is outside of the binary of being a man or being a woman. Um, So I feel feminine. I feel masculine. I feel both. I feel neither. um, And And you look damn hot in a suit. (laughs) (laughs) And I look great in a suit. (laughs) Annie, what did we talk about with hitting on our guests? So sorry. So sorry. That's inappropriate. No lawsuits. 
Okay. So. <laughs> um, so that's what non-binary means. Okay, um, great. I am also a trans non-binary person, and some people um, identify as non-binary but don't necessarily identify as trans. Some people who identify as non-binary do identify as trans. Some people who identify as trans do not identify as non-binary. There's a lot of different ways to explore that. I'm seeing a four-part grid here in my head. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Not to put us all in boxes. That was terrible. Right. Terrible. That's exactly (laughs) what we're trying not to do here. Ugh. Gotta think outside the binary. I know. Think outside the box. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so uh, being trans, the, the technical definition of trans um, that a lot of people use is that someone, <clears throat> excuse me, someone who does not identify as the gender that they were assigned at birth. So for, for me, I was identified, or I was assigned female at birth, and I now identify as a gender that is not that. I'm not a woman. And because... Because <clears throat> gonna we're going to take a little water break. Water. Well, we got some waters that we're going to sip briefly. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I've been so these tap water. You let delicious. me know if you need a cough drop. <laughs> I'm glad you're you're doing this because I've been slowly crunching on a cheese it with like <laughs> trying to make it as. What did we lot. say about eating on the podcast? I know, I know, but okay, I got to put this box away now. I'm going to put it on the floor. Okay. Annie did have um, a, a moment where she realized that she had not eaten a snack. I- and you know how grumpy I can get when mm-hmm. I don't have my snacks. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're working with no snacks over here. <laughs> no, you had a oh snack. boy, I did have a snack. That's yeah, true. I prepared. They were responsible. And Annie and I are both hungover, and we both are in a snacking. I can I can feel your energy, bud. Thank you. Thank you so much. Maddie and I have accidentally gotten too drunk on the same nights for the last two weeks, and we're normally not people who drink very much. That's true friendship. So it's very funny that we were both, like, waking up together hungover, which is very Yes, but I don't think it's that funny because it's just both of them were Saturday nights. No, last was a Friday. Excuse me. We're not on the same day. You're right. They are. I know that for most people, they do drink both nights of the weekend. It's not a normal. Anyway, we're back to the important (laughs) stuff. (laughs) You don't identify as a woman, which was what you were assigned at birth. Yes, I don't okay. identify as a woman, which is what I was assigned at birth. Therefore, I identify as trans, and my experience of my gender is outside the bi- binary. Therefore, I identify as non-binary. And then I also use queer because that's how I define my sexuality. To me, that means that I am attracted to people regardless of their gender mm-hmm. identity. Um, but the word queer can mean a lot of different things, and it's a yeah. really cool umbrella term. I like it a lot. Yeah, that, I do that, too. The community is reclaimed in a really cool way. Very cool way. I agree. I was just talking earlier today with a friend about this, about, um, well, I mean, I've talked ad nauseum on this podcast about lesbian and how triggering of a word that was for me for so long. And that's why I Mm. feel so, I feel like it's so important for me to call myself a lesbian because that word had so much power over me. Um, but the, my friend who I was talking to said something about like the word butch and just being like, oh, like I really just, I didn't like being described that way. And I was like, yeah, I think that that's just another one of those really triggering words that we have to Mm -hmm. reclaim because we're taught there, we were taught that those words are associated with hatred, but this friend Mm -hmm. was saying like queer just feels really good and easy. And, you know, that's just always been the best, the best label for this person. And I feel like that lets me have a lot more solidarity with people who I feel like I have shared experiences with. Like, I don't have all yeah. the same experiences that you do, but I'm, it's nice that queer can encompass all three of us and we can we can bond here against the patriarchy together. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. 
I'm guessing I can swear on this podcast. Oh yeah, you fucking go. <laughs> we got we got that E rating for a reason. <laughs> um, yeah, I think the other thing that I really like about queer is that I know that so many of our LGBTQ ancestors had that hurled at them in really negative and discriminatory and dangerous ways and for sure um that's still happening to so many people and so using the word queer and reclaiming the word queer not only feels really powerful and liberating for me but also feels like I am connecting myself to people who came before me and and the people who fought to make my life the way that it can Mm. be today and the way that I can um you know, walk out of the door with short hair and um, ha- was able to have access to top surgery. Mm-hmm. Like there are so many ways that I'm I'm living my life that, that wouldn't have been possible or would have been a lot harder in so many different ways, you know, 10, 12, 50 years ago. And so using a word with so much history and so much power as, as well as pain reminds me of all of that and that feels really special Ugh, see, i love like, that the wisest person oh. we've ever had on this podcast no oh, offense fuck. to our moms we we've done it we've done it we found it we found the guest we've been waiting uh. for um great um i love talking to you about all of this because not only do i talk about the um the mundane factors frustrations of being queer but also you and i get to talk theory all the time which i love and we we have a little a little reading reading circle here together and we get to talk about the literature which is very niche not a lot of people are into that but Uh, i get really excited that's really fun for you as a nerd um i'm more interested in uh in people um well well, (laughs) i guess you'll just take this one then i'm just wondering how long it's been since you've come out miranda and also i'm curious um kind of the order of the coming out process in terms of sexuality versus gender identity and if one felt easier than the other or if, yeah, I mean obviously they're really intertwined but I'm curious how how that played out for you in your life timeline wise yeah that is such a good question Maddie um <laughs> so I just in case you didn't know Miranda recruits people and just spends oh a lot God. of time being like thank you so much for that question that's a great question wow I just love and a good affirmation <laughs> <laughs> so do we Miranda so do we uh, so I came out as queer sexuality-wise when I was 19 years old. Um, it was the summer after my first year of college, and I had this moment, um, uh, which is sort of funny. I sort of, like, trapped myself in a logic corner, which is how I sort of realized. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I realized, uh, you know, I was, was sort of... Um, I had just started taking uh, gender and sexuality studies classes at my university, which had given me access to so many different things. I was like, whoa, yeah. the gender's not a binary? Yeah. What? That's amazing. What, a, what, a, uh, what an amazing um, thing that I could could understand for the first time. Um, I, I read Judith Butler. It was yeah, a big you deal. Did. Yeah. Um, and so I was sort of thinking. <laughs> that's a book, Maddie. Oh, that's the, <laughs> that's that the what literature you we were talking it? about. <laughs> uh, so I was, I was, um, sort of thinking about um, how that applied to me. And I was thinking about how I, you know, had had historically been 
attracted to and had dated men, but I would of course would of course date both cis men and trans men. That 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 mm. felt really natural to me. Mm. Um, and when I realized that I would date trans men, um, I started to sort of open the doors to well, I would probably date a non-binary person and. I would date a trans woman and I would date a cis woman. And, you know, actually mm-hmm. I haven't been allowing myself to experience the attraction that I've, I've really had deep down for so many different types of people because I was attracted to men, which is what the world was telling me mm. to be. And yeah. so there was never any space for mm. me to question that. It was like either I was straight or I was a lesbian. Mm. And I right. knew that I was attracted to men, um, and because I was attracted to men, I never thought to question maybe I was attracted to women, even though I was too obsessed with Keira Knightley. There's no way. <laughs> Miranda <laughs> and I have literally the exact same taste in women. Oh, boy. Which era, we, which era are we talking, Bend it like Beckham or Pirates or? Oh, Pirates, Kira is, is what really Peak. did it oh for me. Oh, my God, so yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Or Atonement. Oh, so good. We're having a moment over oh, here. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Miranda and I used to pull up pull up pictures at work, and and um. Yeah. Anyway, not dirty ones. Just like oh, her. Yes. yes. Um. What, what I wanted to say, just as an interjection, I, I want to keep talking about your story, but I feel like sometimes now that I have so many more friends who are who are either bi, pan, or just identify as queer across the spectrum, um, I in a different corner, I backed myself into a different corner of, I was, knew I wasn't attracted to men. Mm. So for me, the like, the clarity with which my sexuality came on to me was like night and day. It was like all of a sudden I was like, oh, that wasn't working for me, period. And I'm going to completely pivot and go the other direction. It's very scary, but I know that that's where my my answers lie is in that mm. direction. I don't know if you identify with that at all, Maddie. Yeah, um, definitely. So it was, I mean, it's very difficult, but in a way it just kind of um, had a very stark before and after moment for me. And yeah. I have so many friends who are, who are bi and didn't come out until much later because mm. what you're describing, which is that um, the affirmation that you get from doing the the normative thing of, of being attracted to men is enough to maybe sometimes um, make you doubt attraction to women or attraction to trans people mm-hmm. um, or att- attraction to uh, non-binary people. So it's mm-hmm. it's interesting that, that being able to play into it a little bit m- made it difficult for you to fully experience the range of things. Yeah. I've had this conversation too with a a lot of my bisexual friends you know who it's really similar it's like okay well this one thing works so I'll stick with it and it's almost just like I mean I feel like pretty much everyone has related to the like I'm not going to dig any deeper like I'm not going to explore anything else Mm. because I have this one option that I could deal with and then you know eventually sooner or later you have to confront it but I think that well, because we live know, in a I, world that that makes it so hard to explore that, and if right. it wasn't so hard, then we wouldn't people would be able to to accept it or, or recognize right away that what it is is attraction and not just right. a fluke experience. Yeah, well, and fitting in is is what makes us oh, yeah. comfortable and passing. You know, if you, yeah. I feel like a lot if when you have the option to be passing, especially if you're like a high schooler or you know like sure. a 
you know, young Unless you're a fucking teenager. badass and, and don't yeah. give a shit, which yeah. I wasn't at all, but I wish that <laughs> I neither. I wish that I was so badly. Um you know, I, I think a lot about how sexuality is so based in gender. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And in some ways, sexual orientation can be just as binary as gender. And we can, totally. trap, we can trap ourselves in that same kind of yeah. box, that same kind of gender, whether we're either mm. straight or gay, as opposed to understanding that sexual, sexuality, just like gender, is so fluid because gender is so fluid and right. people are so fluid. Um, and... Uh, I I think that that's one of the reasons, um, along with just the lack of representation, that bi and pan and queer um, folks have so a really difficult time coming out and and coming to terms with their own identity and and really recognizing their uh, attraction as what it is Mm -hmm. and and, um, making sure that folks understand that is real right. once they do figure that out uh and that could be really difficult um especially since uh for i think about this all the time for non-binary people what would gay mean to yeah. me right, <laughs> right. um <laughs> like if 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 i was gay would that mean that i'm only attracted to non-binary people with my like specific sense <laughs> of right. gender identity like if we're saying okay being gay right, is being yeah. attracted to someone of the same gender as you right. like my gender's just mine. I have a very specific right. understanding. Also, that's of my what I was gender. just gonna say was that um, I was. This is gonna be a question that I knew the answer to, but I was gonna ask it anyway for the purpose of journalism. Um, but <laughs> journalism. I was gonna say like it's not like we're visualizing women, men, and then a third chunk that's non-binary where right. everyone has the same gender expression. What you're saying specifically, and I really love the way you said that, which is that like your gender is yours specifically Mm -hmm. so there might not even be someone who has the same gender identity as you which totally now i'm just like what a mind fuck where none of it's real yeah it's it's all a construct we just made it all up and we're just pushing ourselves into boxes did we just discover something is gender a construct yeah (laughs) whoa but take credit for that for sure some white people taking credit for that work (laughs) Um, I, I will say that, you know, I, th- I think, um, that in some ways while, you know, words can box us in, labels can also create really important communities and, and have a lot of power and which is what we were talking about earlier and what, what, uh, you and Maddie were saying in terms of the word lesbian, how that was so powerful for you and then the word queer and how that can be so powerful. So I think it's interesting mm-hmm. how, none of it's real but also <laughs> creating words for ourselves within the system that yeah. we're already occupying can be really amazing totally. and give us access to communities like we've created in this space right now too. yeah yeah no right. i think that's totally right i think it's great to to have that have that i think about this i think i've already mentioned this on the podcast but i think about that when i talk about my anxiety where i was like once i had a name for anxiety i was like oh that's anxiety But then there were moments where I was like over identifying with my anxiety and I was like, I'll never be able to do that because I'm, I'm an anxious person and I'm, but that was just me trapping. It's just such a, it's such a balance between a comfort in, in having an understanding of what's happening and then again, like a way to reach out to community and a way to find resources, but then to not let that hold you back in terms of being as expansive as we humans Mm -hmm. are. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. So, so 
came out at 19, you trapped yourself into a logic corner, which I love. Um, <laughs> how, I don't, how I don't much, love it, It's obviously. hilarious. I love it's, it. It's, it's, I'm sorry. <laughs> how long into That's this episode should I, mean. I wait to declare my love for Miranda? <laughs> um, oh. Now's a good time. Okay. I declare love. <laughs> I declare love. <laughs> oh, thank you, Maddie. Um, I feel like as chief... Uh, chief officers of the We Love Annie Krappenschmidt Club. <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel like we already know each other so deeply. Oh my completely god. Completely agree. Completely. <laughs> um, okay, not funny at all that there was a logic corner. It's just very fitting of your logic personality. Yeah. I'm sorry that I said it was funny. No, it's definitely funny. I take um, it back. Um, but I want to hear more about... So that was sexuality. Yeah, okay. so 19, the summer after um, I came back from my first uh, or my first year of college, um, I came out um, as queer, um, and I described myself as queer then as well. Um, I was sort of acknowledging that there are so many different genders, people you know with so many different kinds of genders, people without gender, um, and I was had the potential to be attracted to all of them, and I wasn't really sure where I fit into that yet, but but knew that that this was something that I um, was excited to explore. And um, after I sort of came to terms with that and I came out, then I started exploring my own gender identity. Um, and at that time, I started using she, her, and they, them pronouns. Um, and that was a, a good way for me to sort of start exploring what what gender meant and how they them mm-hmm. pronouns felt uh and i i started to realize that uh people using she her pronouns would just really piss me off mm-hmm. um because i was like here's a perfectly good option they them mm-hmm. and it's a little bit harder and no one is using it mm-hmm. um and and right. that's when i really started to believe and and understand for myself that um that those pronouns were what fit me best and that's why I was having that reaction um that I really was looking for a way to to tell folks that um I really didn't want to be associated with she her pronouns that that wasn't something that that felt right for me that I didn't want to be gendered in any specific way um Mm -hmm. at that time I was using the word gender queer sort of as a way to say you know I'm I'm figuring it out Mm -hmm. um and then and then when I started to use um, just they them pronouns. I started to use the word non-binary, um, and and it took me a little bit longer to start to claim the word trans. I think that um, what's tough is that the binary versus the non-binary trans community um, can sometimes not support each other mm. in the ways that we should be, and so sometimes the narrative um, is non-binary folks are not trans enough mm-hmm. or um, you know not uh, as trans because they haven't had this surgery or they haven't taken right. HRT or they haven't done this this or this um, and and that can be of course really toxic we we know that that's not true but it can still feel really scary um, and it can still feel scary to to take up space when you're questioning which I know that that mm-hmm. Annie and I have talked a lot about um, yes. but I started to to get increasingly more comfortable with saying no I am trans because I don't identify as a woman and that's what being trans means and and this is something that's really important to me and I don't have to have a surgery or I don't have to take tea or I don't have to to do this or this to claim this is my identity because this is me right. and I'm just speaking my own truth. Um, and I did uh, I did get top surgery about a year and a half ago, and it's interesting because I think that people started to believe me a little bit more, um, which wow. is really frustrating because 
while top surgery is probably one of the biggest bestest things that has ever happened to me in my whole life it it like completely changed my life it completely changed how I felt um in my own body it also didn't mean that I was more trans it was just supporting myself in the ways that I felt with my body and and what I needed for myself so it was um it's been frustrating to sort of see how um I think the the tip following the typical trans narrative of you know you come out and then you take you know you you go through hormone replacement therapy and you get an affirming surgery and um then you're you know officially the gender that you identified with um that's that's not that's not the case you're you are always that gender um and it's it's uh great that some people um want and and have access to the things that they really need to make themselves feel comfy in the in the bodies um, that they have, but you don't have to do all of those things or any of those things to be trans. Right. I, I, I think I think a lot. I'm gonna. It might sound wandering, but it makes total sense to me. Um, I think about this a lot because I think one of the scariest parts about coming out for me was that I was. I was like, how can I be sure? If I'm not sure, I shouldn't do it because what a scary path that is. And I think that we, especially Duke is like not a place for failure and it's not a place for just being unsure of yourself. And I'm sure that's not just Duke specific. I think there's a lot of places in our society where that happens. Um, And part of the challenge was just that I didn't want to, there was no space to explore or, or be questioning or sit in that discomfort for a while and I think a lot about this moment that you and I had at work one day because you were the first person that I talked to where I said I'm thinking of using they them pronouns in addition to she her in meetings and I'm really nervous about the space that I'm taking up or that I'm not doing it for right enough reasons Mm -hmm. and I... I would, I'm nervous to do it, and I. does that mean that I shouldn't? All this the kind of just back and forth. And I feel like what you described then and what you're describing now is um, if we don't have space for, for uncertainty and we don't have space for exploration, then we're going to erase a lot of people's narratives. And for you, you're saying that the, the narrative of I'm certain, I'm changing my gender now, or I'm, I'm changing how I identify with my gender... Mm, I don't know how to say that. Um, I'm starting to talk about. Yeah, I'm, thank I'm letting you. everyone thank into that. That wasn't a good yeah. way to say that. No, because no, no. you're 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 presenting in the way that you feel comfortable and that you identify with. Um, sorry, not change, but bottom line, if we don't, you 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 gave yourself the space to to investigate and question gender before you made really big decisions, um, and if we're not making space for that then we have a problem, right? right? Because if, if I don't know what, what, I don't know that I will not be using she, her pronouns any time soon, but um, if you don't, like, let people try things out or right. um, explore things that they're thinking about in that way, then you, that's when people start, stop, stop being able to, live authentically I think and like get to that place it kind of reminds me of you know saying 
it's a phase, you know, it's like a, an extension of that, um, with, you know, for example, like bisexuality and we, like, I feel like every, we were all at least on the same page of like, okay, saying that in 2019 is not cool. Like saying, right. telling someone who's experimenting that it's just a fit, like that, I feel like we're slowly moving towards as a larger society. And this seems like just a more complex version of that. It's like, how could you, you know, like it make it breaks my freaking heart you saying that you felt like p- other people were your sexuality or no sorry your gender identity was validated after top surgery like mm-hmm. that breaks my heart because I, I just don't understand why someone would need to prove that to anyone else but I don't understand why saying this is how I identify isn't enough mm. Yeah, you know that's that's so right. And as I told Annie when they told me that they were thinking about using they them pronouns, there's no taking up space from other people, right? Like there's right. so much space. We should have infinite <laughs> space. Yes, um, oh. for for all the people that that need it and want it and, yes. and want to uh, start to think about um, their own gender identity or sexual orientation. Um, so. I am the person that you <laughs> would be taking up space from. And I say, like, come on in. Yeah. Welcome. There's so much room. Yeah. Um, I have and tears. I, and I really believe that. I, I also, the whole idea of space is absolutely a result of the patriarchy. Like, the idea mm. that there's only a narrow space is because we live in a world that doesn't like let so for instance uh I don't remember if it was Roxane Gay who wrote about this and I don't have my book with me but it was it was like uh marginalized writers I don't know if she said this or said something else and then I said this but like like the the idea that there can only be one of like one prominent black woman mm. writer is nuts because right or not not nuts um it's is wild it's ludicrous because um there are so many white man writers, like, or the fact that I read a a, pers- a book by someone who's queer or a lesbian, and I'm like, oh, like my book, <laughs> it's gone. And it's like, no, there are so many stories. Like you're saying, there's so much space, and it's absolutely a myth of the. F- I mean, it's not, it's not a myth. It's the way that our society works is like, well, we already have a story from a queer woman. Like we don't right. need another one, which is tokenizing. Right. Totally. Yeah. So the idea that someone is thinks that we've had enough if we get one narrative in we've got enough is why we feel stressed about taking up space whereas if we could all be way more empathetic and and interested and curious then we would have all the space in the world to hear all the infinite stories that there are to talk about all of these things right and it wouldn't be a a a yes or no or a you're in or you're out thing Mm -hmm. right well and it's interesting like when you mentioned to me bud um, I'm gonna That's start. Me, I'm Bud. Yeah, yeah. I've caught on. <laughs> having, been, having been an avid fan, <laughs> um, when you've my my boy Bud over here, um, <laughs> when you uh, told me when you were like, oh, I think I'm gonna also start adding they them in addition to she her, and I was like, oh, great, and I instantly, of course, like I you know, would never judge you. But this just goes back to the point I was saying before, which is, like, someone telling you something is just enough for me to instantly go, oh, okay. Like, mm. and and I haven't, 
I've never questioned my gender. Um, and so for you to even say, I'm thinking about this, it's like, oh, of course then that that's what you are, you know, because that's, because I'm not, I'm not articulating this well. You are. It, You're doing great, buddy. <laughs> it just seems, it just seems so ludicrous to not take someone's word for it when they are finding new ways to express themselves. And, and yeah, I just, I, I mean, I've thought so much about my gender, um, like I've, I've talked about this on the podcast, how once I came, was super out and proud as a lesbian, I felt so much more comfortable being really feminine and like mm-hmm. dressing cuter and like just being more feminine presenting because I think, I mean, I think part of it was like feeling uncomfortable with male attention growing up and different things, but also like I feel like I'd finally, because I, there's so much confusion swirling around inside of me in terms of my identity. And then once I really felt confident in myself with my sexual orientation, then my gender felt really right to mm. me. Um, That's and, so and, cool, Maddie. Thank you. That's, and I felt the same way when I like was like, I'm not wearing dresses anymore. I'm just going to wear this yeah. like, very like standard pant and shirt combo, but feels a little bit more masculine than not. Yeah. Um, and all yeah, of a sudden I was like... Yeah, so good to you. Yeah, you and, just and all of a sudden like I was yourself. like putting on makeup and wearing earrings more because I, yeah. I don't know what it was about it, but I was like, I feel way, like this is just... I don't know. It was just like I didn't want to do that before when I was feeling sheepish and meek and like not feeling like I was comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, I've been thinking about that recently because I've spent a lot of the last couple of years sort of asserting my masculinity, if that makes sense. So, like, Mm -hmm. dressing in a specific way. And can I imagine wearing a dress to a formal event ever again? (laughs) Absolutely not. I truly never want that experience. Um, Like, I just, I couldn't even imagine what that would be like. But now having settled into a gender identity and a gender expression that I feel really comfortable with, being playful um, can maybe, especially in safer spaces, can Mm -hmm. maybe be something that I can start exploring because I also identify as, you know, masculine and feminine and so many other things. And being able to dress in a feminine way that feels affirming, that doesn't feel dysphoric, should still be okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Regardless of whether someone would be like, oh, that would mean that you're not trans. Right, right. Because you're wearing, you know, this this flowy flowy shirt or you got that in the, the women's section or right. you're wearing a necklace or what have you. Um, right. And I think, I think uh, it, it takes a lot of, unfortunately, it takes a lot of uh, commitment to yourself to be able to go out into the world and say, this is me and I'm identifying the way that I say and this is my identity and in addition to that I don't have to look the way that you think this identity Mm. looks Mm. right that is like I know that we're talking specifically about your experience and the specific is important but yeah that's some that's some knowledge right there for everyone about everything sorry if I just brought that to the world and (laughs) and that's some knowledge universalized I, your your queer statement but well you're talking I think about like asserting yourself and and knowing that you are worth the respect that you deserve damn yeah but it's hard oh yeah and I'm not 
it's none of us are are there yet no, all no. the time. No, no, we're right. always becoming. Yep. When you're probably you know traumatized by having to prove that you're not the the gender that you know that mm-hmm. you were being associated with, and so now anything leaning back into that is going to make you probably just like you know reptilian brain like like just you know avoid it because you don't want to have to deal with any of the pain associated with with that you know Mm. with being improperly misgendered exactly yeah would you i'm I'm, i i mean i I think that we talk a lot about being misgendered all the time and i think that it still happens um would that be a fear of yours is that if you added some feminine accents or you added some some if you were to embrace a more feminine side in in how you dressed or how you presented yourself that people would have an even harder time making sure that they're gendering you correctly I'm not sure um I think yeah maybe a little bit um I think people almost always use she her pronouns for me anyway and one of the tough things about being non-binary and and using they them pronouns is that you're almost never going to get gendered correctly because most people are gendering everything so Mm -hmm. either whether a stranger on the street said exactly sorry that was not appropriate (laughs) at all what did you say i didn't hear i said even both but i shouldn't have done it i'm so sorry Keep going. Um, uh, I think most people are gendering things, even boats, (laughs) all the time. Sounds fair. So people will use either using she, her pronouns or he, him pronouns for me. Both of those don't feel right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so using they, them pronouns requires a lot of education and a a lot of um, speaking up on your and advocating for yourself, which can be really difficult. Mm -hmm. Because mm-hmm. we're not at a place where we're using they, them pronouns um, for everyone before they tell us yeah. how they they uh, how they want to be right. referred to. Um, and so I think that um, it's less of – I think that people would continue to gender me in a way that um, didn't feel right regardless of what I looked like. I, I think people might – have some questions sort of as I was saying about the top surgery there could be a little bit of pushback of like if you're wearing that skirt Hmm. you know why you know are you really non-binary are you really trans um I think I mean some of one of the things that I've realized in the the last year or so is that um buying things from the men's section makes me feel really affirmed it makes me feel really good but Hmm. I can buy something that looks more feminine in the men's section and that feels affirming um, so, mm. for example, I have this, like, pink floral shirt, um, mm. and, like, that feels really good for me to wear, um, even though it's, like, traditionally, quote-unquote, feminine, mm. um, because yeah. I bought it in the men's section, and something about that for me and my the way my dysphoria presents itself is that I don't have to worry about that being, like, for a, quote-unquote, woman's body mm. or, right. like, looking or really, like, accentuating the curves that make me feel really uncomfortable or my hips that make me feel really uncomfortable. Instead, mm-hmm. I can be, like, I'm playing with mm. these things that actually don't have any gender, um, like flowers and, and pink and what have you. Yeah. Um, right. But, but, but could that we, be associated... That we made the mistake of gendering <laughs> some time ago. Right. Because, yeah. um, really, they're just nature. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think, uh, I think that I am more able to sort of 
play around with those things when I don't have to worry about what my body looks mm. like and, and how my dysphoria like presents itself. Mm. For those of you who do not know what dysphoria, what gender dysphoria is, I will define it. Thank you. Um, you're so welcome. Uh, gender dysphoria for a lot of folks is sort of the, uh, the mismatch between how um, something, uh, someone is referring to you or how your body is presenting and the way that you feel internally. So one of the things that, that one of the ways that could look is for me, I had a lot of chest dysphoria, meaning the presence of having breasts made me feel really uncomfortable because that didn't align with the gender um, that I was and, and how I saw myself and how I really understood um, my body. And so it literally felt like there was something on me that like shouldn't be there, like a like a literal burden. Um, yeah. And I've heard, uh, you know, for other folks, for example, folks who um, might be trans femme and and you know want and, and need breasts, uh, they they will sort of describe that feeling of actually like feeling like they have them until they like look down and they're not there. Mm. Um, so there's a lot of there's a lot of ways that dysphoria presents itself. Um, that can make you feel, for me, like I get like the sickness in my stomach and I just like yeah. um, feel really uncomfortable and it can be really debilitating for, for different um, folks in, in different ways. Um, and uh, I think that there are different ways that presents for different people, but I have been able to curb some of that by wearing quote-unquote men's clothes because it feels like I don't have to worry about you know if this is meant for someone with the uh the body type that I sort of see myself as having then I don't have to worry about it looking like I don't have that yeah I'm not sure if that makes sense no it totally does I think it's so interesting because I feel like even well before I mean I'm ashamed to say that I I didn't get all this information in college and like I've been learning kind of late in life mm-hmm. more about queer late in life you're in your 20s you're right you're right, you're right. thanks Miranda gosh you always keep me grounded I don't think um, there's any shame in you not having been educated or on something yeah we're all learning you're right. we're all seeking oh it out my God, I love you guys and you're, so much. And you're sharing so much. it right now um well I was gonna say that I've been using I've been I've been talking about gender dysphoria for myself for so long um, mm-hmm. Like, it's something I've been writing about for years, mm-hmm. and I yeah. have never associated it with being genderqueer. It was just, like, gender dysphoria and describing my childhood experiences of being, like, I don't I don't know. Like, I used to run around top, like, really want to be mm-hmm. topless when boys were, um, when I was, before mm-hmm. I had any inkling of, of having breasts, but I was, like always wanted that really badly when I was really young or I always wanted to be playing in the dirt. I wanted to be wearing sports uniforms and like totally, and I got called myself Fred many some Like it was just like one of those things <laughs> where I, that I didn't have the language of, of talking about like queerness and gender queerness and all of that. But I just have been like putting it in a different category, I guess. I'm not really sure. But right. and that was your internal sense of self coming yeah. out and how that mismatched the dresses that you're yeah. you were expected to wear yeah. or what have you. Yeah, and I, I I actually it's so funny no it's not funny at all, but <laughs> humor is my coping mechanism. But I was I wanted to draw this cartoon recently that was like me at fifteen trying to like stuff my oh, Maddie making me wear a push up bra <laughs> and trying to stuff it and like be like, Yes, I'm feminine. Um, but then recently I'm like 
no, I love when I, I feel like, I don't know, I either like got old enough to start like gaining some weight in my boobs or something, but they're like bigger now than they were when I was younger. And I'm like, no, not right now when I'm just like <laughs> having fun with what I'm wearing, like get out of here. It's, it's so interesting. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that it, it feels like you're describing it like a, a sickness in your stomach. I don't know that it feels that way, but I'm definitely like, what? Like, why are you getting in the way of my amazing outfits that I'm trying to wear? That I, yeah, I love Miranda that you described it that way. I just I wrote it down just now in a post it because I wanted to come back to it because I think that's really interesting too. I think Which, that that's a feeling that every human can relate to, and even just you know allies listening. It's like I, we everyone knows that feeling of discomfort and just sheer out of placeness and hostility and feeling so primally like you're not fitting in in some way no no matter what the situation is like we can all relate to this discomfort and for someone to hear that that's how it feels when you misgender someone like I think that that would be enough to get you know most empathetic people to think twice and you know to be willing to make more effort with their language or take a little bit of extra care because I think for the most part it's kind of just like this inconvenient thing that you're like no I would never go out of my way to hurt someone but I'm also not going to just add a third pronoun in to the English language that I already learned when I was a baby like no thanks like I think people are just kind of flippant about it and like I you know I have been probably in the past myself like just not being educated on what it even means it's like we don't go, we don't go out of our way to, we don't go out of our way to hurt people, but we also don't go out of our way to avoid hurting people until we understand how it is that we're hurting them and what it is that we can do differently to not cause that type of pain in someone without even noticing or thinking about it, you know? And I think that um, one of the things we talked about at work was not saying what are your preferred pronouns and saying instead what are your pronouns. Um, Right. And I feel mm-hmm. like that, that is, and I don't think that you said it, I'm just, it made me think of this because I think that maybe if you are not trying to dive into what, what the feeling is or trying to be like really tapping into your empathy of like what this experience might be like for, for a non-binary person, mm-hmm. um, when you say preferred, it means that you are kind of like assuming choosing. that it's, <laughs> yeah, that's that you're choosing it, that it's something that is like less real than asking what your pronouns are, which is something that is like, what do you identify as instead of what do you, what do you want me to call you? But I'm just going to, it's just like a preference thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I mean, misgendering someone is saying that it's essentially saying that your understanding of them overpowers their own understanding Mm. of their self, right? It's you defining them for for them as opposed to them getting to define themselves and you respecting that and that's really big that's a that's a really big offense that you're that you're making um that you're saying my perception of you is so much more than your own understanding of yourself that's that's really tough when you do that that was mm-hmm. fucking fire. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was so smart. I'm not surprised because this is exactly what we brought you on the show to do. But, but my God, that is making me think about structures and, and how 
in family dynamics that parents think that they're trying to right. understand their kids better than the kids understand themselves, mm-hmm. which is why patriarchy has the word patri in it. <laughs> has the, the <laughs> word father in it in Latin. Um, whoa. Okay, we got to talk about this over dinner. But, mm-hmm. um, wow. Oh, my gosh. I have yeah, so many I'm, things to ask you and talk about. I'm so blown away by ugh, just how articulate you are and the p- true gift you're giving us by being mm-hmm. so open and vulnerable and direct. Like, it's so – it really is such a gift – to be able to have a conversation with, you know, hopefully just full support and love and genuine willingness to learn. Like, it, I just, I feel like this is such a gift that you're Ugh. sharing this with our podcast. Y'all are the best. Ah. <laughs> um, I, we love you. I have, a, I have a few more questions. Okay, great. Um, okay, you, uh, these, you can kind of just pick, you know, either of these that kind of jumps out at you with an answer, but... I'm just, I'm really curious about how you, how you got to where you are. Like, how did you know what to do? And I'm wondering, like, I I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of prongs to that, but like, one thing I'm curious about is like a mentor, like, you know, some non-binary person who you really looked up to, or like a buddy that you were going through the process with. And then also just in terms of pursuing top surgery, I'm just really curious about how, you know, like... If you're just, like, a kid, you know, living in, you know, a place where you don't have any access to this, how do you, how do you even know where to begin? And, like, does insurance cover it? Or do you need to, like, you know, where do you have to go? What doctors are, you know, experienced enough to do this? There's just so much. It's this huge entire world. And how did you learn it all? And not that you've learned it all, but I'm just amazed. I'm amazed that you are where you are, and I'm just... I want to know how. Not overlook the fact that you were not living in New York when all of these things were happening. I oh, was. Wow. I was living in the South, so that definitely oh, has, yeah, some some weight to it. I was living in Virginia at the time. Um, and I think actually those questions actually fit together really well. So uh, well done, Affirming. Uh, yes, Maddie. Another, another affirmation. Yeah. Um, so I think the first one of the first times that I really felt seen or like I could see myself um, was the book Stone Butch Blues. Um, If you have ever heard of it. Um, It's truly incredible. And it's about someone who is sort of navigating uh, their gender identity um, in this, the, the lesbian butch femme scenes of New York City um and elsewhere as, as well which it, was a binary that we used to have for a long time really yeah um very very binary and we can talk about that too of the the sort of binaries hoisted upon the queer community as well yeah um and and this person in in this um novel was sort of navigating that um but it was the first time that I had ever seen someone get top top surgery who was not a explicitly a trans guy and it was in Mm. this book that was written years and years and years ago um Mm. that i was able to see oh this is a non-binary person getting top surgery and Mm. that was huge for me because i started to understand that um just because i wasn't a trans guy didn't mean that i could have i didn't didn't mean that i 
couldn't have access to the things that I, I needed and mm. the things that, that made me feel more me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, after reading that, um, I started to sort of see myself more as a trans person and, and start to be able to sort of use this term non-binary and, and start to sort of be able to advocate for myself. And um, through the internet, honestly, um, is such an amazing resource. I was able to start to see other folks who were who are doing that. YouTube is incredible. I would look up for hours and hours and hours, watch videos of people recovering from top surgery on YouTube. Mm. Um, There's really incredible resources on YouTube and Instagram and also other sites like Trans Bucket where you could see results from different surgeons um, throughout the country Mm. and throughout the world, which is really cool. Yeah, it's password protected. And then you can go, you can go and see different gender affirmation surgeries and and what those results look like in like sort of a private space. um, That's not necessarily like on Instagram or something like that, because they're like more private results. Cool. Um, And yeah, I think I think once I was sort of able to see myself the the difficulty with where I was living at the time was I was in Richmond, Virginia, and truly there wasn't anyone around me who had the same identity as me. Like I, I didn't know anyone else um, mm-hmm. who, who was sort of struggling with or even um, coming to terms with or had already come out and was living in a really confident way um, their gender identity as a non-binary trans person. Um, that's something that I, I didn't really have a lot of access to. Um, and and as I started coming out and started being part of the queer community a little bit more uh, active way, I started to meet some folks. But um, in the beginning, there really wasn't a lot of people. And, and that felt really isolating and, and really lonely, um, especially um, living in a place that wasn't New York City, uh, that, that, you know, you can't go to, um, a queer bar or go to, you know, the community center or something like that. So, um, it was really the internet that gave me that kind of access. And that's this incredible resource that we have now that is truly saving the lives of LGBTQ folks, particularly trans folks um all Mm -hmm. across the country and the world is really incredible and so being able to to see other people like me and know that I wasn't alone even though I was feeling so isolated and so Mm -hmm. alone and then also being able to look up resources how to get top surgery what what kind of surgeons were ones that were going to be affirming how do I get um a letter uh to send to my surgeon because there's this outdated thing where you have to get a letter from a therapist and a primary uh, care provider that quote-unquote proves that Mm. you're trans Um, and how do how do I do that as a non-binary person because some surgeons won't Mm. take um, approvals unless you're unless your letters say that you're a trans man which I couldn't get because I'm not Um, so really being able to access all of that was from the internet um, I have the incredible privilege of having um, insurance that would cover the surgery out of mm-hmm. out of network. So I we had met our deductible for the year, so I was able to get the surgery in, and they were able to cover about fifty percent of it, which was really wow um, incredible. And that's amazing. These surgeries can be really expensive, um, and, and I was able to have a really great surgeon and um, overall have a really great experience. My mom was 
so incredible and I'm grateful to her every day when I get up and take my shirt off and look in the mirror because she was really <sighs> able to um, allow me to have access to, to this and and um, take care of me when I was recovering and that was that was a really special bonding moment for us as well. Um, I'm full on crying now. I can hear it. I I can hear that you are. (laughs) Uh, um, And yeah, I think I got. um, I I was lucky that my insurance covered that, and that I had people in my life to help me navigate that, like my mom, um, and uh, that I was able to find all those resources on the internet instead of being born 10 years before Mm -hmm. and not having Mm -hmm. access to that. Um, But to, I think, I, I have a friend who said once to me, and this is something that I like to say a lot, that um, all trans people deserve honorary medical degrees because we have to (laughs) find out so much information about our own medical care that most doctors don't know um and I have done so much research to figure out and be where I am today and get the kind of medical care that I need and that I deserve and so many other trans folks have had to do the same thing and because of that there are so many incredible resources that trans folks have created Mm -hmm. to allow more access for this to this kind of thing um for other future trans folks and it just shows how resilient and incredible our queer communities are and how much we take care of each other just side note uh in addition to that the the aids crisis was kind of spearheaded by a group of queer people who did their own experimenting with medicine Mm -hmm. and like did their own Mm -hmm. research and found the drugs and like totally had honorary medical degree like they they went in and and decided what they needed because the medical community wasn't right (laughs) giving it to them which is another symptom of western reliance on our certain way of doing things and not believing that there are other ways to do it but yeah I, i we've talked on here before about the medical community and you know just not believing not believing women not believing trans mm-hmm. people doctors not listening to symptoms or not understanding or not being well trained enough to understand um or not knowing how a certain medicine affects someone who's on testosterone like mm-hmm. or taking testosterone it's it's really it's it's so much to put on the shoulders of someone who is already <laughs> carrying a million times extra weight on their shoulders. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and getting that kind of affirming healthcare can be so, so, so difficult within a healthcare system that's already so difficult to navigate. Yeah. Um, and and it can it can really I mean it can be life or death. Right. Um, accessing yeah. this kind of affirming medical care. Oh. Yeah. Gosh. Wow. I'm so emotional. <laughs> Yeah, you've made Maddie cry. I'm so sorry, Maddie. It's all me being me being emotional right now. It's all your fault. Are you PMSing? I am PMSing. I am going through the hardest, you know, breakup. Yeah, Maddie's picking up the pieces Um. of her broken heart one by one (laughs) that has been scattered across the ground and deserves to. <laughs> to be have the space yeah, to cry. Do you, need, do you need a little a little room right now? Do you need a little something? A little oh, space? Man. I just want a chocolate cake, but there isn't one. Oh god, buddy, I'm so sorry. 
Oh man. You just need a little moment there, huh? Yeah, I just You're doing so well. You're you're inspiring me so much and I've been grinning this entire time and it's just I just feel as though the joy and the pain, I'm so overwhelmed by all of it and just I have so much love for you and for everyone who has ever had to go so above and beyond and like you said become a medical expert so that they can deal with you know and be and an expert in teaching everyone they know and it just requires so much excellence and um here you are just being articulate and friendly and lovable and funny and cool and always 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 making room to take care of other people too i don't know how yes i i noticed that i observed that as well (laughs) (laughs) ugh I'm going to go on this podcast every week. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> we will have you any fucking time you want. Um, yeah. yeah, no matter what was going on with you, you were always, are, still are, but just so supportive, so generous, and you were working so hard, and you still made time for me whenever I needed, and um, I'm so, so grateful for that. And I think the world of you. Oh, I think the world of you. Are we and all you crying, too, Maddie? I know, let's just <laughs> cry. <laughs> Um, buddy, I love you so much. Oh, I love you so much. Oh. <laughs> I really miss you. <sighs> I miss you, too. And I miss also, you, Miranda. I, I miss you, Maddie. <laughs> also, I've been modeling my morning texts. They're not nearly as good as the texts that Miranda sent to me, but... No, yours I, are just lame, like, good morning, I love you. There's, like, oh. no, no research behind them, no <laughs> themes... <laughs> I did have some themes. at the bar really high. <laughs> feel free to feel free to steal. Scroll yeah, back. Yeah, I'm gonna start stealing. Yeah, <laughs> mine were also. I think the problem, uh, Maddie, is that mine contained a lot of um, pretty abysmal puns. That <laughs> I think is, I think they're hilarious and they're they're below Annie's grade A level of humor. Oh my! Oh, they God. can't stoop that low. Oh to meet my me down there. God. In my puns. We love cheap jokes on this podcast. <laughs> um, wow, this has been so wonderful. We will definitely have you back. We have not covered all there is to cover. No, um, not, not even close. I know that we talked a little bit about people having to shoulder the burden of educating, and I am very aware that I have exploited that for the purposes of this podcast, but mm-hmm. I do... <laughs> I feel a little good that what I what I hope happened was that I gave someone very cool and very informed and very um, wise a platform to to share. And I also truly believe that one day you will be a world famous activist writing your truth. And I'm just trying to give you the the I'm just trying to push you through the door a little bit. That's all <laughs> on this world famous podcast. And I'll and I'll be able to say that. Way back when, my first gig. First gig. <laughs> you got you got dinner out of it, and that's it. How can people follow you in your work and? Oh all yeah, that? are you are you are you public or are you you blog or what? Do I n- no? But maybe in the future, mm-hmm. stay tuned. Is your Instagram public? No. Okay, so not that. But it's not because I just friend requested them right as this podcast started. Okay, cool. Um. But Miranda and I may be working on a little bit of a writing project together, which will be very exciting. It's true. Don't tease me. Stay tuned, everyone. Oh, my God. Wow. 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 (sighs) Well. Well. (laughs) Well. I guess this is it. This is it, folks. Is Annie making you an amazing meal? 
Annie is making me an amazing meal, and we're so sad that you're not going to be here for it. We would I'm... ship it to you, but it would be pretty cold by that time. Yeah, I'm devastated, completely devastated that I'm. But not come, come, in the hang room out in New York. Come both. stay with me for a week, and we can all make dinner together. That's perfect. I will. We'll send you some pictures. Also, in our <laughs> in our group text chain, I realize that yes. we have the same initials. Oh, oh hell yeah! Very confusing for you. Yes, I can never tell you two apart. <laughs> I guess Annie can now only be friends with people. Yeah. With my mister. Yeah, with my misters. Mm, I don't love that. (laughs) All right. I think that we're just going to keep dragging this on. The painful moment is coming. Goodbye. Oh, I love you so much. I love both of you so much. Love you too so much. Goodbye, Maddie. Thank you again for coming. It's been a pleasure. All right. Bye, Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.